0: Rationally Writing. I'm Dave Dereld.
1: And I'm Alexander Wales.
0: And this is episode 53, Dropped Threads and Abandoned Subplots. I don't know which of those is going to be the title yet, but it's number one then. Okay. So yeah, what are we talking about?
1: So in contrast to uh, abandoned stories, abandoned subplots are usually extant in the work. Not always, Mm -hmm. but um, like sometimes you'll be Editing manuscript or editing short story or whatever, and you'll you'll find a little gem of something that you thought was going to work, and then it didn't, and and it's sort of left in the work orphan. Usually you would remove those, although I guess not always. Sometimes they're just uh, texture, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to, I guess to start with, um, chekhov has gone is that uh, a gun placed on the mantle in the first act must be fired in the third act. Uh, And the inverse of that is that a gun fired in the third act must be placed on the mantle in the first act, right? Mm -hmm. So the first version of that is mostly about um, being concise in your storytelling, right? Like, you don't put a gun on the mantle as, like, a as foreshadowing, I guess, or or just to have it be useless there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the second version of that the inverse of it is uh, a foreshadowing rule too right and um basically that you you don't want to have your solutions or your problems come out of nowhere usually Mm -hmm. so yeah uh i I more or less believe in the ideal that authors should be working toward a um tight plot and, and a payoff for everything that gets brought up um i do not practice what i preach there at at all i i just uh worth candle is over a million words right now like i passed the million word mark and uh it's kind of all over the place and that's that's partly the nature of serial fiction right
0: i was just gonna say this is this is this is a large part of what serial fiction does right inherent to the idea of writing a story on the fly even even with the best of planning um, is that you're probably going to have loose threads in some way, shape, or form. And yeah, you know, usually if this was a published, if it's a published story, at some point you get to finish everything, go back, cut things, tighten things, wrap things up. Um, and without that step, because that's really that's really what happens in in most drafts of any of any even published books, in my experience, and also what like other authors have talked about is that the first draft is always bigger, bloated, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So yeah, there's that aspect of it that I think is inherent to the medium. I mean, I I, I feel like you're a good enough planner that if you were ever to write a published novel, traditionally published novel, you would t- things would be a lot tighter. But yeah. my question is, do you feel like it retracts from
1: the story that you're writing? I, I generally don't. I think it's one of those things where if you are reading serial fiction, that's one of the reasons that you that you read it is for the experience of reading it sort of as it goes and thinking about things and speculating on things. I I think like better stories would have fewer loose threads, Mm -hmm. right? Cause like if I were, if I were writing a traditionally published or self-published novel, I would, I would go through and I would remove every thread that doesn't have like a proper resolution Or where where the lack of resolution isn't, like, part of the theme I'm going for. Or, like, uh, you don't have to resolve every thread, right? And some threads and some details can be there just for flavoring. But it's unrealistic to have every single plot thread resolved at the end of a story. It's kind of uh, a matter of narrative focus. Mm -hmm. But very common in movies, especially because they have, like, such a short, yeah amount of story you know like 90 minutes is not it's also like more much more expensive per unit detail i guess i was gonna say per time but that's not really comparable um in prose if you want to add something like you can add a scene in and what does it cost you to write that scene right. you know it costs you like 30 minutes of your time an hour whatever it depends on how long the scene is <laughs> right. right like um I don't know, I write like, if I'm in the zone, I can, I can do like 1500 words an hour or something like that. And that's, that's about the length of a scene, I think, Mm -hmm. depending on the scene. But so you you can, you can, when you write the scene, that costs you very little in terms of of time, right? It's maybe like a day of writing or or a day or two of writing and then some editing and whatever. But for a movie, if you're going to, you know, each shot costs a concrete amount of money it's a fairly large amount of money and it's a logistical challenge to get every single shot and every scene is composed of many shots so
0: right and also a movie is not like a movie is not filmed on a rough draft like a movie script goes through it's not like a final draft they still do editing and changes during the, the movie often i mean depending on the director and stuff but like movie drafts movie scripts go through a number of drafts already and so yeah they've already ideally would have cut the unintended drop threads. The, the, the threads that they introduce without intending to finish.
1: Yeah. Which, which kind of makes some movies, you watch them and you just see... <laughs> you see the camera focus on something, and you're like, oh, that's going to come back later, mm-hmm. you know? And it sort of rips some of the surprise out of it, yep. and it feels less realistic.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a hard balance to do even in books, let alone in movies, because the camera draws your, your eye much more than... Any kind of book can, like, you know, they can do things in, in movies where, like, something will just be in the background out of focus. And then, like, people who are just paying close attention will notice it. Um, Or they can be, really, if, or if they're just really, really clever, like, at the prestige, like, they can do things like that, that you will have that moment of confusion and then, like, you'll notice it later on. But for threads that don't, that aren't actually, like, meant to be picked up in that movie, at least. Like, maybe they're for, like, sequels or, like, Easter eggs or stuff like that. Like, those are the kinds of things that are really... The, the question of, like, what makes a good... What, what's a good reason to drop a drop a thread versus where, where it's, like, clearly, for lack of a better word, a mistake. Or, like, where the author should have cut it or, like, if it had more time or foresight or something like that, uh, wouldn't have included it in the first place or something like that.
1: Yeah. I, I guess my my rule of thumb is sort of, like, how much you expect a resolution out of a thread, right? Mm-hmm. There's a difference between like a thread and a like a detail that's brought up, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, a main character can be, you know, underwater on his mortgage, and that has like nothing to do with the plot, right? Mm-hmm. Where or like you know he's he's got bills piling up or whatever, and that that's not actually you know part of the plot that doesn't get resolved at the end. It's just you know flavor text. Yeah, it's it's flavor text, or it's, it's meant to set the mood mm-hmm. of the story, and it's not. Going to be resolved, but it's kind of the thing you have to be really careful about because a lot of readers will see those and they'll be like, "Oh, this is going to come back, right? This, mm-hmm. this, this is not just a a detail we're seeing. This is, you know, it, our brains are these pattern recognition machines, and right. one one of the primary patterns of story is setup and payoff. And so people will see things and assume that they are set up in some way, and then they'll feel let down. If there's no payoff to what they saw as setup. So I kind of, I, I don't know. It, it's very, it's a very odd thing in stories, like trying to not put things forward as, as setup. Mm-hmm. If you just want them to be background, right? Like, like if you mentioned that, oh, okay. And worth the candle, it's mentioned that uh, Juniper's father is a helicopter pilot mm-hmm. and Juniper doesn't <laughs> really know how to fly a helicopter but he knows enough to maybe figure it out right. if, like, he really had to. And,
0: and plus the game would be helping him out. And...
1: Yeah, yeah. And so this gets set up, and it's like, is this set up, or is this just...
0: Background text, or is it actually there just to be subverted?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, for for Juniper, it's kind of, it's kind of like, it, you know, this is a detail of his life. Right, right. But if it were a detail in a story, he would expect it to be paid off at some point. Right.
0: Yeah. And so this is also the kind of thing where, like, if I was, if I was the author of Worth the Candle, my imagination of my, my author self writing Worth the Candle would be, okay, so this is a background detail of the, of the character, and it might come in handy at some point in his adventure, but it also might not. I'm sure you, well, I'm not sure, but like, I'm, i more confident that you probably have a planned out answer to like whether or not helicopter writing will ever be relevant to the story. But like, the idea of like, when you flesh a character out, like, there's always going to be some things that are, are relevant and some things that aren't, right? There's always more character than ends up on the page. And yeah. that's part of also just what, what happens when, like, a, what makes a character feel real is that not every single detail about their life and and, you know, personality is relevant to the plot. Sometimes it's just part of their character.
1: Yeah, and you can, if you have an extremely tightly plotted book, you can have it so that every detail which is revealed to... Mm-hmm. The reader is relevant in some way or another. So, so like Juniper does not have a sister, but I do have a sister, mm-hmm. right? So I intentionally cut my sister out because I was like, okay, like if Juniper had a sister, you know,
0: that would be relevant in some way to the story.
1: It, it would, it would, you'd want it to be relevant in some yeah. way to the story. You wouldn't just want it to be like,
0: well, in this in this story particularly, if it was if it was like a standard isekai, you'd be like, oh, whatever, he just has a sister, like you know, that's just yeah, right, information. In this particular story, it would, it would come up.
1: Yeah. And that, I think that's very common in, in writing is that you want to have as few characters as possible. You mm-hmm. want to collapse characters down into, yeah. you know, combined functions where, where you want. And if you don't do that, it kind of looks like there's all this clutter around, right? That there, that there are these, these people who aren't at, properly used that, you know, was something planned? Was it dropped? Even if that's just, you know, some people have like three or four brothers and, not all of them are going to be relevant to the plot, you know? Mm-hmm. So, oh man, North Kindle goes into that quite a bit, how, you know, people, people are usually orphans, right? One of the great things about being an orphan is you don't have to have these parents with their own backstories. You just, you just sort of write the parents out from the get-go because it's an orphan and yep. they, they have no parents. And then if you want to bring the parents up later, then they can be plot relevant and you have reason to reveal it to the reader at the same time as the protagonist is getting the information it's also
0: why it's useful to have like few childhood friends few romances all that stuff
1: right yeah there's i think there there's a section in worth kindle that goes into why so many characters are are virgins or Mm -hmm. are implied to be because you know there's there's baggage from previous relationships that sort of set the tone for a current relationship and if you've i i guess it kind of depends on what setting you're in um but it's it's pretty common for previous relationships does not inform anything at all unless mm. it's going to be like a, like a serious heartbreak break or something foundational to that character that sort of brings them into it. It's, it's pretty rare. I don't know. I, I watch a lot of romantic comedies mm-hmm. just cause it's a, uh, it's like my like if I need to feel good, that's the, the genre I go to, but it's, if, if there are previous relationships it'll either be an ex who's like super toxic right? Or it'll be a big heartbreak, or it'll be sort of abstracted into this blur of other people who are not individually important.
0: Yeah, something disposable. Something easily disposable, basically.
1: Yeah, it's either it's either gonna be easily disposable, or it's part of the plot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be integrated into the plot in some way. It's not just gonna be like these three dimensional characters who, yeah, had like three or four relationships prior. And each of those they had different experiences with and they took different things out of it and they grew as a person. Cause if you go into all that, that's like a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. If you just are going into it for the romance, even if you're not, unless they're all cookie cutter, unless you make them all just kind of this vague blur. I guess the counter example there is um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. They all are relevant in some way, some more than others, but yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of them, right? It's like seven evil exes. And, but that takes the course of, I think it was six, manga mm. volumes and they're and they're a little compressed in the movie just like it's like one of my favorite movies but it's a little bit compressed on there's so such little time given to each of them right. but that's kind of that's kind of how people are you know that's not for like a teenager like three or four prior relationships for someone who is like late in high school mm-hmm. or like in college or is like at their first job or whatever that is totally reasonable, but it's not very helpful to the plot mm-hmm. if those people aren't going to be involved, or if that's, there's not going to be, like, some narrative arc or something to be overcome. And so most tightly plotted things, they'll just either elide it in, in some way, or uh, they'll just have that be, the, like, the first first experience with love, or, or something like that. You know? Yep. Usually, you do not have... I mean, there, there are cultural reasons for it, too, obviously. Right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, people place a lot of importance on like first love or i don't know stuff like that but yeah mostly plots will have as few characters as they need and if you add more characters they seem like they should be important for some reason it shouldn't just be like these random people who are introduced and then nothing is done with them
0: Mm -hmm. so there's this interesting idea of like what makes for a good side plot and usually a side plot is something that you want to inform the main plot in some way right like it's related to characters that are important to the main plot, or it's like fleshing out like the narrative theme, or like providing like a interesting counter theme, or something like that.
1: Yeah. So
0: there's like a lot of fiction where there will be threads that are moving towards these other aspects of the of the story or world that the author wanted to explore, and those tend to get cut in in traditional fiction, in, in traditionally published fiction. Whereas in The web serials, you have, like, interludes that, I'm gonna, I don't know if this is true or not, but my, my perspective story has been, this has been largely influenced by, like, Worm and stuff, where, like, you've got just, like, these huge amounts, this, like, the interludes in Worm could be its own novel. And it's, most of them are basically just side stories, like, sometimes they're relevant to the main plot, but a lot of them are really just side stories that are, like, they, like, the dragon ones have their own arc that concludes, a lot of them are just like side characters that you see like a few times. And, you know, in a traditionally published novel, those wouldn't really be included most likely, but those can also be seen. Some of them, some of them don't have real conclusions. Like you don't find out what happens to those characters like, you know, by the end of the story. And so the question of like, is that a loose thread or is that just world building is I think one thing that like, I guess there's a distinction for the reader that decides whether or not they enjoy that sort of thing or not.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of in in the readership of web fiction, mm-hmm. there's a lot of leeway for just digressions and subplots and you know, I I don't think that I I don't know Worth the Candle has a lot of comments on it. I think I've gotten maybe two or three that are like, you mm-hmm. know, just hurry up and get to the end. Right, right. Right. them the are like uh, Wee! Yeah, the rest of them all, I'll just be like, hey, just be like one piece, you know, mm-hmm. just just, just go forever. on, go on forever. I could read this for another 7 years. Yeah. You know. I could read this for another like two million words. Right. I'm just like, wow, that is uh, that would be a lot.
0: Yeah, so I've, I've gotten I've gotten comments like that on both sides of that too. I think I've gotten I've probably gotten more comments than you have on the like worry about the story going on too long, mostly because the the publish length makes it like hard to imagine that the story might ever actually finish like in a reasonable time. If it whereas you know if if updates are coming out more often, then like maybe at some point the ending's going to come fairly quickly but the pacing also makes a big difference in that respect right so like if something is kind of trickling out little by little and something looks like it might be a plot thread you ideally the, the reader is not feeling like oh well this is just kind of wasted time because it's building towards something that doesn't go anywhere so i think there's also more pressure in that respect to like make sure that the plot threads matter and if there was like a um extended edition i guess of of certain novels or like i mean well actually the stand did this the stand was like 800 pages or something when stephen king first published it and then it got really popular and he convinced a publishing house to like release the the unedited full version of it which was like 1100 pages (laughs) and there's like a whole bunch of extra like there's like entire character arcs that are just like removed in the original that like get added into this and so like things like that where like i can imagine if you'd been writing it online where like people would have been like you know this is like what was the point of this whole arc that you just did here like you know get on with the story whereas other people would have been like yes just more of the thing that i love is more of the thing that i love
1: yeah well that we talked about this some in uh i think was are multiple viewpoints um or maybe it was our maybe it was a plotting one i don't know but it was basically that some people you know more the thing you love is more the thing you love. But mm-hmm. for some people, you add in a B plot, and those people are there for the A plot. Right. And they read the B plot, and they're like, "This B plot. When are we going to get back to the A plot?" Yeah. Man. Yeah. This is happening right? right now with my story. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So pe- people will be like, you know, I, I, you know, we're getting these these subplots, but the subplots are not what I'm here for. This, it's the main plot that I'm here for, and the subplots. Not only does do they make the main plot you know, come out less quickly. But I, it's like, do I need to actually read these because I'm not enjoying them? Mm-hmm. And I think that's... I don't know. I th- I, I've I been uh, thinking about Glimwarden a lot lately, mm-hmm. which has four protagonists. Kind of like three and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think about that in the sense of like, that's actually a really tricky thing to balance your like three threads or four threads against each other and sort of some people, some are, are like some week they'll get a chapter, and it just won't be a chapter that they care about. Yep. Right.
0: So there's there's definitely there's I think I feel like there's like more allowance for it, but also more risk involved. And, yeah. It, like with with the with the greater allowance due to the medium, there's there's more risk of like losing readers or having readers not not be interested in um what's going on in like parts of the story, and which makes the challenge really making sure that. If a, if a plot thread is, is relevant and you do decide to abandon it, like it, it should be for a good reason. Like if if a plot thread was written into the story, not with the intention of it, you know, not concluding, but like you change your mind or something like that, it, it it does feel like it kind of limits where you go with the story or where you go with the, with the subplots because you want to make it so that the things that you wrote before are still important in some way. And that's, you know, you hopefully you, you included it in the first place because it was important, and if, like, something changes, like, oh, well, that's actually not as important that it was, as it was going to be before, or like, oh, I just had, like, a way better idea, and now it doesn't really need that thing anymore, like, that can happen, and that's just, I think, I feel like that's just, like, a risk of the, that's just a risk of the medium, but some skill in just, like, elegantly reincorporating like, lost plot threads, or fin- finding ways to finish them that are satisfying, at least in some way,
1: is, yeah yeah important well i mean we should talk for a bit about why threads get dropped because mm-hmm. there, there are a lot of different reasons for it and and yeah i've so we'll go into that for a little bit and then maybe talk about why or like how how best to, like do at least a partial resolution or a graceful drop yep. instead of just like hey that thing like nothing's ever going to come of it and right. stop asking right <laughs> um so why threads get dropped sometimes authors will set things up without knowing what the payoff is yep and then the, the time comes and they just they're like oh shit i need to do like thematically appropriate payoff for this mm-hmm. and they have no way of of you know
0: <laughs> I, I imagine that's the first thing they think you need to find a thematically way appropriate way to finish this and then once they fail to think of that they're like i just need a way to finish this and then once if, if they yeah. fail at that too then they'll be like i just need to ignore this I'm looking at Battlestar Galactica right now. Yeah. In my mind's
1: eye. Yeah. There, there, are, there are a lot of times when that happens, uh, especially the J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. mystery box approach to storytelling where you just, oh, mysteries are so great. And well, I, I'm just going to set up this mystery and everyone loves mysteries, but what well, people really love conclusions too. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard that for, uh, the best for mystery novels, one of the easiest ways to write one is to just write the mystery novel and it gets to the end and you decide who did it. And then you go back yeah. and you remove all contradicting evidence mm-hmm. and sort of I, I don't know if that's actually the best. like it seems like it'd be easy in some ways, like very editing intensive heavy. Yeah. yeah. And I don't yeah, I, I don't think you would get as good a result out of it, but it is one way to write yeah, a mystery novel. And in serialized fiction, you can't do that. You can't just like go back and remove all contradictory evidence because mm-hmm. people have already read contradictory evidence, mm-hmm. you know. So you get like things that you, you have a risk of introducing potholes. That is also, so yeah, uh, biggest and probably worst. Poor, poor pl- planning, yeah, is a, probably the
0: biggest reason why plot threads get dropped.
1: Well, okay, so there are different forms for planning, right? Uh-huh. But yeah, the, the big, the big one is when you just don't know what your resolution is going to be. Other times you can have a resolution in mind and then you get there and it's just, you know, characters drift a little in the mm-hmm. writing and the resolution that you had or the payoff that you had for that setup just doesn't really work for the character anymore, or it'd be redundant or there's pacing problems. There's, you know, thematic problems. Like maybe you developed a theme that you were going to have before and this, this payoff to the setup just doesn't work anymore. Or you've introduced a plot hole and your choice is to either just accept that there's going to be a plot hole or do the payoff that you had planned, right? Or figure out some new payoff that, you know, might not work as well as the original one you thought up. Mm-hmm. So, in terms like there there are lots of reasons that uh, sometimes authors also forget. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes I, I I don't know, there's so much continuity in North Candle right now. It's just, it drives me nuts because there's so many things that I could potentially forget and sometimes have to go back and fix mostly minor stuff so far, but I just forget I forget this offhand do you, stuff. Do you have a corkboard? I don't have a corkboard. I have a I have a file in notepad plus uh-huh. plus that's just it's just uh it's a list of every open plot thread yeah. in worth the camp that that needs to be closed i have been closing i think more of them than i open generally speaking or at least i've been doing some work mm-hmm. there but yeah sometimes uh especially for longer works, so an author will just forget that they set something up or that it was set up at all and it like probably felt like stuff at the time they had an idea in their head and then it just uh gets dropped because mm-hmm. you know
0: something more interesting takes its place, or it's been a long time since they wrote it, especially if they've been writing for
1: years. Yeah, I don't know. It, it happens all the time. So um, as far as resolving those, it kind of depends on on what the exact problem is, right? If the problem is pacing, like, that's that's a really hard problem to, to solve. It's like, oh, the payoff is supposed to go here, but then I have to, like, interrupt this other payoff.
0: Yeah, keeping an eye on pacing is, is the thing that I think most often... I, I think I would go as far as to say that Plot threads that get dropped or not dropped will probably have more to do with pacing than, like, once, as long as the author is aware of it, will probably have more to do with pacing than, um, almost anything else going, like, going past the, the initial point of interest. Because you've got a idea of how the story is going to flow, and then you have the actual writing of the story, and once you are, once you go back and start reading through the story, Like, it's much easier to notice the drops and dips and, and like, rises in in the, essentially the, like, the pacing of the action, of the pacing of the character growth or the plot, whatever it is. And so if you ever need to wrap up a plot thread or a side plot, or, or like, even if it was, like, a main story thing that just didn't really become relevant anymore, like, this is, I think, why in TV shows especially, like, you'll often have, like, certain episodes that just, like, tie up a bunch of loose ends at the same time yeah because they're like you know what it's just we're just going to shove all these into one period of time and then it's if it's bad for the pacing at least it's contained it's like quarantining the bad part of the pacing
1: yeah and i think that is better than dropping it yeah right it's better to just if you're gonna if you have a bunch of loose threads to drop up it's better it's better to do it sort of in like after the climax of like a main thing and then like the side stuff can sort of come out and get closed, and it, maybe it's not elegant, but at least it's... at least it's, it gives the payoff, right? I'd rather... I would rather give a, a weak payoff than no payoff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess that kind of depends, but... So long as you're not interrupting the pacing of the main thing, so long right, as you're right. not taking away from the theme or the characterization or whatever. I mean, there's also
0: plot threads that... Uh, like, they, they were... It's not even that they were dropped, necessarily, so much as that they... they I mean, they're I think... So, okay... They, I'm trying to think of an example of this besides HBMR. But HBMR is the, the one that I think of the most often in this respect, where like the there's arguably a main plot shift. Well, not arguably. Like there's an absolute huge main plot shift that happens in the middle of the story. Um there was a really good post in R Rational that talked about it that's like a meteor strike, where like um it just comes out of complete left field and like you know, like in real life, sometimes, like, there are these calamities that happen that, like, no one can see coming. It's like a dark horse that just completely changes everything. And in HBO more that happens. And, like, the more or less established plot of the first, let's say, third to half of the story uh, really becomes completely dropped and becomes a whole different story. And there's a lot of people who I think dislike that about it or would prefer the story not have done that with those and I can like at the very least continued those as well whereas there's a part of me that also feels that way but also I feel like it's this these were not dropped plot threads these were plot threads that just could not be resolved in the story and they were not meant to be and maybe I'm wrong about that but like one of the examples is like this like solving the mystery of like where magic comes from like there's all there's a bunch of work that happens on screen that like Harry and Hermione are doing about like figuring out, like, how magic actually works, and there's a bunch of theories that come up about, like, how magic might work, and, like, what wizards are compared to muggles, and, like, this whole, like, you know, little tidbits about Atlantis coming out, and all those different things, and none of it gets resolved in the story. And I think that's intentional, and I like it that way, because it's noted multiple times in the story that it would be absurd if these things were suddenly discovered and solved by someone who's been in the magic world for like less than a year.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you can drop threads for effect, mm-hmm. which arguably is what's being done there. Like it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to know. For it's, sure, it's hard to know for sure, but uh, you can drop threads for effect, but some people are still going to be like upset. upset or, or just, you know, they came for plot a and, for you, plot A was really just like a setup for plot B, right? You know, but they like plot A, and plot B comes along. And they just they don't like plot B as much, and they are like they're fine with plot B, but then like plot A is never gonna get resolved. Mm-hmm. And I think you can break rules for effect, and you've got to be really careful when you do that because some people will just uh, it's that narrative pattern matching that people do that they just kind of like slot things into their assigned categories, and they're like, oh, okay, this is this kind of story, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you break that some people aren't going to be on board with it, yeah. I guess.
0: Especially if they've been emotionally invested and in, in the amount of time that's spent is usually proportional to, like, how invested someone is in it if, they, if they're enjoying a story. So, it, like, it makes sense to feel that way, for sure.
1: Yeah, I actually get that with Worth Candle occasionally, mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, you know, I came up for this, you know, this lit RPG stuff mm-hmm. and, like, Conquer the World stuff. And I, I tried to signal as much as I could that... <laughs> It would not be that kind of story, right? Yeah. That, that it would be a little bit that kind of story, but mostly not that kind of story. And I, But it's you can't just – I don't know. I think people will put up with a bunch of stuff that they don't like to get the thing that they do like. Mm-hmm. And then eventually if they just are getting very little of the thing that they originally liked and it's all stuff they didn't like, then, then they're just going to leave, uh, which is fine. But, I mean, that's why you – signaling is, I think, one of the hardest things to do especially because it's partly marketing it's partly you want to like tell people up front in your blurb this is what kind of story it's going to be if you're not on board with that then just leave and go read something else you know so sub threads or drop
0: threads or threads that will be dropped i don't know what we call them but like potential unstable threads unsecure threads whatever yeah unsecure threads yeah so unsecure threads as signaling is also an interesting thing where like early on in my story, I had um, an interlude with, the, actually the very first interlude was with Laura and Red's mom was just like, you know, in the room with Professor Oaken and, and his granddaughter. And they were like, there's like the news in the background. And there's like five, four or five things that were mentioned on the news as they were talking. And so like there's these things that like are mentioned on the news, only one of which is actually really plot relevant at all. And that's, like, it takes center stage when that's plot relevant. Yeah. Like, it like that's everyone, everyone suddenly pays attention to the news when it's plot relevant. And the other things before it are things that, like, are kind of, you know, they're they're kind of, like, people, I I can definitely see people reading and being like, oh, is this going to be important? Is this going to be something that they have to, like, deal with? Is this, like, a a thing like that? Like, one of them is, like, a a small, like, nod towards, like, one of the later in Duluth that comes up with the crime in Fuchsia City. um, But, like, They're really just there as, as world building, but they're, they're, they're world building towards a message that I wanted to communicate earlier, kind of like you said, where I'm like, I'm trying to communicate that this is not a safe Pokemon world. This is a Pokemon world where people will probably die and it's not, like, you know, I got, I got a lot of messages after Viridian Forest where people were like, well, this got really dark and, and i don't like it which is like fine but like like you said like it's hard to communicate that early on when you need to and so so like you can you can put little threads in that aren't necessarily meant to ever resolve or anything they're just there to signal
1: that to the reader yeah yeah i i don't know signaling to readers would maybe make a good episode <laughs> but yeah as far as as far as threads you know some things are threads and some things are just background and and they're not, you know. They're just the texture of the world. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people will try to especially the kind of the kind of reader who likes to uh put puzzle pieces together. Mm-hmm. They will look at these like offhand references and to like things that are in, in the world that exist in the world for, you know, not because they're a plot thread necessarily, they're just a texture of how the world is, mm-hmm. and they're meant to give the flavor of the world. And they'll look at these offhand references and they'll think, oh, this is going to like come back. It's going to be important. Right. It's going to be a plot point later. And like sometimes those do- details do come back, but sometimes they're just, you know, those are just the name of the guy who invented that thing. You know, he's not, it's not a clue. It's not. Or the episodic plots. Like. Well, yeah, yeah.
0: I have a reviewer who described Pokemon as essentially like a, a written out. TV show where it's like just there's like episodes and these episodes have like subplots, sub arcs, and, and that's fairly accurate. I mean, like most, you know, most stories that have like acts are like that too, but like in terms of when you get to a city and there's like this like intrigue about like the mayor and the museum and like stuff like that, it's like, it's not necessarily a book wide or story wide plot, but it's resolutions and its resolution is similarly not going to be necessarily as big as like a, a story wide plot would be, but it's, oh yeah, it's just yeah. It's just, it's just going to resolve in a fairly, not like a fairly day to day kind of way. It's going to, it's like, there's going to be a resolution, but the resolution is not going to be like exploding in your face. Uh, and there was yeah. also, I've gotten comments where like people like, you know, I was expecting like people to then have to like get like chased out of the city by like an angry mob or something like that. And like it, that would have, that could have been like a way to do that, but the reason that, reason that thread was put in was not to, to make it like a, a major plot element. It was just to have a thing be going on that would inform the the challenges they were facing while while they were in the city, and that also is that also is a challenge that comes up with multiple characters. Like I'm not I'm not writing it as well as I would if I had like more time and energy and and like the ability to go back and edit and stuff like that. But like it's definitely a part of what happens when like you've got multiple multiple main characters that each have their own plots going on at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. The more that you add to any story, the less. You can expend on any individual thing, which is mm-hmm. kind of kind of a shame. Yeah, and yeah. this
0: there's things like like there's a, there's there's like a, a chapter where they learn about carbon dating, and like this is relevant to the wider plot of the story, but it's not going to be relevant for like another 30, 40 chapters at this point, maybe. So like, <laughs> it's just it's one of those things where it's like, well, this is the best time to put it in in the story but pacing wise it's definitely not so like what i i probably have changed that in retrospect maybe but like it's still it's just what it's just when it would when 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 it fits in it, it it's probably going to be seen as a drop thread for the majority of the story which is fair because it kind of is it's just not it's not time yet
1: yeah yeah it's it's an interesting thing to think about like not just like Signaling to readers what is the thread and what is not, but sort of magnitude mm-hmm. of threads is an a, it, another like very difficult problem yeah. because it's a, for one thing it's a function of how much screen time you give the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like how much how much detail you go into and like how much it actually affects the characters' lives and stuff like that. But there's there's other I don't know readers are weird. It's it's kind of it's the illusion of transparency, right? Mm-hmm. It's the I'm looking at my story and I know what's relevant and what's not for the most part. Um, but so sometimes people will read the chapter and be like, Hey, well, this thing is super interesting. What What is this? What is this going to be? And I'm like, Oh, that was just like a throwaway line about some, something that happened in the long distant past. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, it wasn't meant as a clue. Yeah. Um, I do occasionally drop threats though. Yeah. Just cause it's, it's serial fiction. I, I, you kind of can't not. Mm-hmm or sometimes things just like just don't pan out or you risk making a plot hole or it, like inconsistent characterization or, right. or something like that. So I, there's, I think I set up a lot of stuff at the beginning that, you know, some of the things I just have to mark down. Okay. I don't think that I can successfully pay the, this off anymore, you know, which is unfortunate, but it, it's kind of the nature of serial fiction yeah. unless you're, Unless you're amazingly good, uh, you know, I was gonna say unless you're amazingly good at planning, but or I guess if you're amazingly good at improvisation too, yeah, that could also do it. But um, I, I'm not even sure that you can be like I'm. A, I'm a million words in, right? Yeah, that is to, to like have actually planned out. I mean, they, they are the main major arcs I planned out, but to to plan out individual tiny pieces. So
0: there's, there's a theoretical world in which a writer can do that and then write their story. But in the, I, I would, I would say that more, mostly in the real world, you don't actually see, like anyone who's, who's planning out, who's plotting out that intricately a one million plus word story is going to be told by every single person in their life who knows anything about writing. Stop and start writing it. Right? like you yeah. like you should not be you should not be planning out that much or you just will never get to writing it you like you you should have an arc and like a f- framework and a structure and like story but if you if you're planning out every single character scene interaction whatever to that detail where you're just going to neatly fold up all the threads like you just you, you you might as well be writing the story a second time
1: yeah and i i did that for well, I, I, for Dark Wizard of Dunkirk, I think mm. I had it for I had it to the level of every scene, every like thousand or two thousand word chunk, I, I had it written down, and I just well, like went off the rails mm. at some point because it just developed in the in the telling, and I, I it it's very very difficult to sort of get everything on track. It's like no no plan survives contact with the enemy. Right. That's and that's fine. It, it's it, the characters take yeah.
0: on a life of their own and you just, also you just, in that time, you like read other things and watch other things and like listen to other things and experience other things and those work their way into the story too and it's just, yeah. It's just no, there's no such thing as like the writer who lives in that, well, not anymore anyway, maybe in the old days, but like the writer who just like lives in a bubble for a year and writes a story and then comes out with like, you know, exactly what came out, what, what they yeah. with it.
1: We've talked about it before. That's one of the reasons that Stephen King says that you should never write a book for longer than a season. Right. It's like you know, your writing is going to be different in mm-hmm. in winter. You'll have a different outlook than than like in the spring. Yeah,
0: I, I've dropped it, I've dropped a couple threads in Pokemon mostly because basically I like I thought I thought of something better. In the meantime, I was just like, well, I'm just gonna adjust this, and some of it's gonna be like less of a payoff than it should have been, but.
1: yeah Yeah. i i've definitely dropped a few threads and some of it is just i don't think i've had people most of them people haven't commented on Mm -hmm. or and it's partly that's because it's kind of a sprawling work anyway and so you drop a thread and it's not as big a deal i guess as as if it were like known for being a hugely tightly plotted work which it's not
0: it also helps how popular or how like emotive the thing itself is so like if you drop, like, this goes back to, like, the, the size of the thread, or the, 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 primacy of the thread, or whatever you want to call it, right? Well, like, like, the, one of the threads I dropped was, like, with, with, like, Red Spinnerack. Like, Red Spinnerack was going to be, like, a much bigger thing for him. Like, his interaction with it and the companion with it, but, like, Spinnerack is not a super popular Pokemon. So, like, <laughs> I don't think anyone was reading it, like, oh yeah, Red and his Spinnerack are going to get this, like, he's going to, like, overcome this thing with it, and it's going to come, like, a, it's going to evolve into Ariados and, like, be, like, a, very powerful companion for him. Like, no, I've never received a single comment of anyone. Like, what happened to Red Spinarak? Why isn't he spending more time with it? It's like, if that was like a more popular Pokemon, I'm sure it would have gotten more, like, pile on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also have dropped threads for Dramatic Effect. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it's one of the things I think, I think about sometimes, especially because I have somewhere, somewhere I have this list of like, open threads, things right. that I don't want to get to the end and be like, well, I just wasn't able to do that. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. It's hard.
0: <laughs> Writing's hard guys. <laughs> Writing's hard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's hard. Well, yeah. It's, it's hard. And it, it, the other thing I'll say is it's very individual mm-hmm. in terms of, it's hard to give generalized advice because a lot of it will depend on the precise nature of the thread and why you're thinking of dropping it or like why you don't have room for it or, you know, I mean, you can just say, you can generalize to pacing problems or whatever, but I mean, unless you have the power to just go back and strip it out. Mm-hmm. I also, I've been reading, uh, an, the newest Neil Stephenson book, which is called, um, fall or dodge out of. Hell. I don't, it's got a terrible title, mm-hmm. but he, Neil Stephenson is super into digressions in a way that I really like. And I'm just like, yeah, like these digressions are great, but then I think, you know, this is. The kind of thing that you see a lot in serial fiction, where people just go on a digression because they like digressing about that particular thing. Right. And it's kind of it's kind of weird seeing it in a published book, you know, yeah. uh, where these things are not necessarily like dropped threads, but it feels like setup. And, but I know I know how Stephenson writes, and I know that there's not going to be payoff right. for it. So.
0: Yeah, that's 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 another good point. Where, like once you know the author's style, it's easier to differentiate or notice when something's off like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's easier to get their their individual signals.
0: Mm-hmm. There's also a thing where, like, once authors get really popular or, like, fairly famous, I feel like their editors stop being actual. Like, the, the, the editors have much less power. And, like, this becomes obvious in a lot of, like, the later books of theirs compared to the early ones. And so, like, I notice a lot more loose threads in the later books of, of fairly famous authors than the early ones.
1: Yeah, for sure. Alright, well, I think that's all I had. Yep,
0: thanks for listening. Let us know if there's anything else you'd like us to talk about. This is going to come out in, like, November, probably. But, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, hope you enjoyed the episode. And it's the sound.
1: <laughs> oh, I finally found my, my list of... I wasn't looking very hard, but I finally <laughs> found my, uh, my list of plot threads.
0: You want to talk about it? No, not
1: really. <laughs> Some of these I'm just like, what the fuck is this thing?
0: <laughs> I mean, the biggest thing that happens when I reread my story is that I will occasionally be like, oh yeah, that is a thing that I was planning on doing more with at the time.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. I clearly have not updated this in a while, because I think that's done. Mm-hmm. That was intentionally dropped. Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you about it, but mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't need to be in the podcast episode but there was a whole there was gonna be a whole thread where Finn gets a book called the hint Hand- no not the handmaid's tale it's the prince of the handmaid or something like that mm-hmm. but it's about um someone getting poisoned and there was gonna be like this poisoning arc and I'm like yeah this is such a good idea and then I just I just didn't <laughs> oh I, I I was like oh I could include this but it's gonna be you feel not like you, just, you feel like you just
0: lost the passion for that for that subplot, or like something else basically made you realize it wasn't important, or
1: wasn't... it it was going to serve a character development function, mm-hmm. and then that function happened anyway. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, this is does not need to be.
0: Yeah, the, the, I mean the pacing thing also like it is so. Oh, I'll probably add this into the episode too because it was actually so. Aiko, the character. Was obviously meant to die, you know, I, I knew, I knew she was going to die when I, when I wrote it. There was like part of me that was thinking like, okay, maybe, you know, I can find an interesting way to like get this thing across without killing her or like do some like partial killer, kill off way or something like that, you know, pokeball use or something like that. But like I, I was planning on having her essentially written out by the end of the Zapdos attack. Yeah. I introduced her at the end of them leaving Cerulean City, but she was originally going to be introduced when they arrived at Cerulean City. And there's a chapter where Blue fights a, uh, gym member with like a totodile and his war turtle like fights it and like gets too aggressive and like bites it and stuff. And, um, that character was actually going to be Iko at first. And then like there was, that was a lot, that was around the time when I started realizing that like a lot of the pacing was like being pointed out as like erratic and I was trying to do a better job of like Concise, making the story more concise, um, and getting, like, through the plot points earlier. And so, like, introducing Aiko would have been just, like, kind of breaking the pacing of the, of the city quite a bit. Because she wouldn't have really done anything interesting while, the, while they were in the city. And so I just basically, um, edited that part and made her just, like, more of a generic trainer that's there at the, at the gym and then introduced Aiko, like, when they went to get the bikes. And so I like, guess the kind of thing where, with more planning or or like time or something, I probably would have maybe still introduced her and then just found a better fit for her in the city that wouldn't have like slowed the pacing down as much or something like that. Or if I just decided not to care about the pacing in that particular way, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been as big a deal. Yeah. But yeah, so like I feel like that section then that battle, it feels like in my mind like a loose loose thread because it doesn't it doesn't have the importance that it did when it was Ico.
1: Yeah yeah it's it's interesting looking back at, at notes and seeing threads that were dropped before they were like fully developed because mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's ever said to me like oh there's like this book and they talk about it a lot and it's about this poisoning and then no one ever gets poisoned <laughs> which is actually not true like people get poisoned for sure but
0: poison gets gets poisoning gets um uh, foreshadowed. Out of character, like, as a way to deal with super powerful characters so often, that, like, yeah. at some point, of course, it has to happen.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, that, that's the other, th- the part of the benefit of being sprawling is that, like, anything can look like four shots. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Even when it's not, it's like, <laughs> like, oh, this was mentioned offhand, you know, like, five different times within the text. <laughs> um, which is nice, but, uh, no, the, the, no, it's kind of funny the things that people see as dropped threads mm-hmm. and things that they don't, but there, there are things that I know are dropped threads that were just like sort of brought up, you know, that, that were at least obliquely brought up and there's some vestiges of them left in the text. And mm-hmm. then I just never did anything with them. Cause I, there's a whole thing. Um, it's like book two. There's going to be a showdown in cheese factory. And so this cheese factory like gets a mention.
0: Yeah, you mentioned. I, I think
1: I think you talked about this before. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've I have definitely mentioned it before. Yeah. Um, but it's like no one no one has been like, hey, <laughs> what's up? Like, with why this? why what's is up with
0: this tangent about cheese? Yeah. <laughs> why why do we learn so much about how milk and cheese in this in this town is made? Well, it's, and I
1: think it's it's good it's, it's good world development. It's it's good world film. It's also like I do a lot of digressions anyway, yeah. and so it gives me more leeway to have things come up that were planned as foreshadowing mm-hmm. or uh set up for something else later on. That, that's not really a set up payoff thing. It's more like you establish this as part of the world so that when you use it later it doesn't like blindside people right. completely. But yeah, I actually don't have that many things left on my list. If I if I tab out all the ones that yeah, there's not actually that much left of Fourth Candle in terms of like payoff, pay I mm-hmm. guess.
0: Yeah i mean there's I, I imagine there's like a list of um intents that you have that you have to like check every time they're in a conflict of any kind to make sure that you're not like overlooking something like really obvious that you gave them hundred yeah, chapters and, ago
1: well and then there's i think there is one that i need i just need to direct con out because I, I i didn't forget about it it's just like people assume it's better than it is or <laughs> i i need to there 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 are uh like one or two continuity issues right now that i <sighs> Need to go in and fix because either they feel like they're underutilized and then people, you know, Mm -hmm. it's one of the most common questions I get is like, why did X not do Y? Right, right, right. Which,
0: which you get in, which you get in a lot of different stories, but especially one like this where it's such a high focus spent on like min maxing.
1: Yeah. And I, I think part of that is people just, people like put themselves in their shoes but the, when i'm writing i don't really like to like exhaustively go through every single option you know right i don't i don't think that's all that entertaining to read and i don't it's certainly not entertaining for me to write and so i don't really want to be, be like okay th- these were the like 14 possibilities in descending order of likelihood mm-hmm. and we're just going to go through them one by one because i, I don't want to get comments about it i'm, right. I'm not going to do that i'd rather just get the comments and then just not reply to them <laughs> that's what i do yeah i will if they're on discord Cause then that's usually not as big a deal, but I don't want to like offer word of God in comments or whatever. So,
0: all right. Yep. Goodbye for you all this time. And thanks for listening, everyone.